the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past Brothers, we're the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. Know your role and shut your mouth, jabronis, because this is Max here. Hello, Max! Welcome to the podcast. Uh, you know, we've heard your voice before, uh, well, we know you, you've, you, you've been on a previous podcast, um, and we've been guests for you because it was awesome, we talked... Uh, oh God, uh, Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Wow. Yeah. That was good stuff. It was fun. Um, yeah, but, uh, tell us all about yourself now and what you got going on, uh, currently. Yeah. So there's two projects that I'm about to launch. Uh, so by the time this is released, you guys should be able to hear it. First is called the, uh, ready to retro podcast. And this is a podcast that's similar to this show, but just talking about the nostalgic, things of our past and just our love of everything retro. So that's called Ready to Retro. Uh, we're on Instagram. Uh, we're on Twitter. And you can find us on Spotify and all those, um, you know, all the streaming places that you find podcasts. Awesome. Is that ready? Is that two retro T-O or two with the, the number? Two with the number. Okay. Yeah, Ready to Retro. And then uh, first time I'm announcing this, but uh, kind of inspired from – kind of just being on this uh, episode, uh, I was looking it up, and there's not any podcast out there that talks about nostalgic wrestling matches. Oh. So a buddy of mine who we grew up watching wrestling um, like every week religiously, and we'll probably talk about it later, uh, during the Attitude Era, we're having a new show where we're going to talk about a pay-per-view from the Attitude Era, and the name of the podcast is called Attitude 316 Podcast. Oh, very cool. Uh, so yeah. that is, yeah, that's going to be, um, that's a big hint to probably who's on your list, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Attitude 316. So everything in the Attitude Era was 316, so... Doesn't matter who it was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds fucking awesome. Not yep. gonna lie, I will be the first to subscribe to both of those. Really excited. Um, you know when those are coming out, and they should be out by the time this one yeah. airs. So very cool. Um. All right. Well, as you mentioned, you know, inspired by this episode. This episode, we are doing our top ten wrestlers. So, uh, and we had to be kind of specific when John and I normally do like top 10 before 2000, but you were like, no, 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 no. We got to get attitude era in there. So we're like, all <laughs> yeah. right, we'll stretch it. So you got to have like wrestlers who kind of started and, and really made, you know, a name for themselves before 2005. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, and wrestlers, some of them wrestle forever. Some of them are still wrestling mm -hmm. who might be on our, and that's totally okay. Yep. You know, we can't, it doesn't have to be retired, but it's gotta be people who have made it. I would say became A-listers before 2000. You know, they were established acts um, before then. For sure. So, uh, I am excited about this. I was a wrestling fan in uh, middle school. I haven't followed wrestling all of my life, um, but, like, in middle school, I went to parties with friends, and, you know, we were totally into it. I, I watched WCW Nitro, like, every Monday, you know, through my middle school and early high school years. Um so like, and that's actually going to be a pretty big emphasis on my list. I'm sure you'll be able to tell, uh, but like, tell me, you know, your history of wrestling, like what got you into it? Why did you choose, 
you know, this top 10 list to do with us? Yeah, so this was huge my junior high years. So the very first exposure I had to uh, WWF at the time was 2000. It was SummerSlam 2000. It was The Rock, Kurt Angle versus Triple H and the mm. title match. And what really got uh, through to me and what kind of just blew my mind was uh, it was the first ever TLC match between the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys, and uh, Edge and uh, Christian. So, so ta tables, ladders, and chairs yeah. match for people who are uh, not in the know what TLC is. <laughs> so, yeah. Because so we, we got a couple jabronis, I think, sure, who listen sure, who may not sure. know. We got a couple. Well said. <laughs> so uh, tables, ladders, chairs, and these guys would just put their bodies out in the line. And, you know, being 10 years old at the time, I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. You know, and it, it made me because it was definitely like TV 14. It was geared towards like older high school, young adults. Mm -hmm. And it felt like that. You know, it felt like that those old school like MTV kind of shows where as a kid, you're like, hey, I, I know I'm not supposed to watch this, but <laughs> I love it anyways. So yeah, uh, yeah, I would watch it every Monday Night Raw, every SmackDown, and I used to record them. So I have a bunch of oh. tapes in my garage. Just <laughs> you know, there was no network back then. There was no YouTube. Mm -hmm. So if there was something really awesome, I wanted to make sure I had it on video. Very cool. Uh, all right, so John, what's your background, if any, on wrestling? Honestly, not too much. I was mm -hmm. never a big wrestling fan. Didn't hardly ever watch it at all. Probably the only times I've ever watched a match. Might have been when you were watching it, and okay. I happened to be in the room watching it. <laughs> I've never really gone out of my way. However, I've actually been very fascinated with wrestling, just the whole the business and the culture and the people more than anyone else, sort of the characters and, and you know all stuff about them, um, but not the actual wrestling. Everything but the actual <laughs> wrestling and yeah. the stories I don't really care about, but the people and the characters and stuff like that, I kind of enjoy but as far as the actual matches go i i i'm i'd be hard pressed to tell you to recall a single one as uh john john might have mentioned i can't remember if mentioned on this podcast before but um our dad was a wrestler like a high school olympic style wrestler awesome. um, he was quite good he um placed in like the top four i believe in the state of iowa which is a real quality state when it comes to wrestling back in the day i remember one of his one of his favorite stories about wrestling or his biggest moment was he wrestled dan gable wow. um who was an undefeated amazing olympic style wrestler and he didn't get pinned which you know doesn't sound like much but dan gable like pinned everybody mm -hmm. like or yeah. so many people he he was undefeated the guy was fucking amazing um but dad like held out and he had to get you know he lost on points which for him was a pretty damn proud moment so that means he was pretty quality that's awesome um yeah, uh, I wish I would have gotten into wrestling because I became a little, I became a tubbo in in high school. <laughs> and I feel like if I would have wrestled, it probably would have, it, it would have kept me a little bit leaner. I would have learned how to eat better and like how to cut weight as opposed to marching band. Because you know what? I, I just gained the pounds playing trombone <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't really burn enough calories. I can tell you. <laughs> uh, my one, I, I think it's a cool story. Um, when I, when I was in high school, um, we lived in Georgia. I lived in um, the Roswell area, and I didn't I didn't really know him all that well. But I didn't know him at all. Um, but Cody Rhodes is around my age. Crazy. Uh, he started AEW, and he was a high school wrestler. And so I went to watch one of my wrestling one of you know my school's wrestling matches. And so Cody Rhodes was wrestling, but Dusty 
was in the stands at our high school watching him. And I saw Dusty Rose. And I was like, oh, shit. I know you. You're the American dream. Yeah. Um, and he was watching his son wrestling, which is pretty freaking cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I think when it comes to wrestling, you either love it or you hate it. You know, there's like my wife absolutely cannot stand it. <laughs> <laughs> she hates it. So uh, I have to like sneak it, you know, when I watch mm-hmm. it. And I, I've had like ins and outs. Um, once I got into high school, I didn't really watch wrestling, but I kind of got into it in college. So there's like these gaps where I'd be into it, like hardcore for like two years, three years. And then I'd kind of like take a little break. Right now, I'm in that little break just because um, I felt like I've invested so much time into the characters they've been developing, and right now the WWE is just, like, directionless. So, uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it really, like, super – or I was going to say uh, wrestlers are kind of like superheroes. There's a good guy. There's a bad guy. You root for the good guy, and you boo the bad guy. Hmm. And Very anybody true. can get behind that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before we go any further, this episode has a sponsor, and that would be the Sellers Law Firm. And to give you that message, we've got a special guest, Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh yeah, I'm gonna tell you, the Sellers Law Firm is the best family lawyer in all of Georgia. If you're facing divorce, child custody, DUI arrest, or other family and criminal matters, the Sellers Law Firm is there. Oh, yeah. I don't care if you're Tommy Wildfire Rich or Sting or Andre the Giant. Jody Sellers is going to help families get back to what's most important to them. He's going to pile drive all of them into a court of law. Sellers Law Firm is dedicated to help clients throughout the state of Georgia. Oh, yeah. At the Sellers Law Firm, you're not a client, you're family. <laughs> oh, yeah. So check him out on all social media at the Sellers Law Firm. Give him a call at 770-415-9848. Check him out at thesellerslawfirm.com. Oh, yeah. It's Snapple to a Slim Jim. Well, that was definitely Macho Man Randy Savage, not me at all. And now let's get back to our top 10 wrestlers. Uh... All right, so we're going to get started with our top 10 countdown, uh, going from 10 to 1. We're going to start with John, who is probably the least big wrestling fan, and (laughs) then go to me, who's in the middle, and then end with Max, each one. So it'll go John, Adam, Max, John, Adam, Max, John, Adam, Max. Um, And if anybody doesn't know how we do these, if anyone has, so the person will start who saying who they are, kind of start off pretty quickly with saying who is your number 10, and then 9 or whatever. Um, But if someone has that person higher on their list we like to reserve the right for whoever has that person higher to be the first person to talk about them so if for example john his number 10 was hogswoggle um i know no one's gonna have hogswoggle on their top 10 i just it's i'm I'm willing to take the risk um if john said oh my number 10 is hogswoggle and i said oh he's higher on my list just say he's higher on my list or she's higher on my list or higher on my list or whatever um and then we'll not talk about that person until you know, the the highest ranked is there. All right. So, John, start us off with your number 10. Okay. So, before I actually give you my number 10, I'm actually going to shout out something. I forgot I was going to do this. There is a great podcast called History of the 90s, and they did an entire episode on the Attitude Era, which was fascinating. Hmm. Really fascinating. It's a quick, like, 40-minute podcast. I really recommend people check it out if, and check out that first of all check out the whole thing because the whole uh podcast is really amazing 
Um, but the one on the Attitude Era actually got me excited to talk about this top ten. Cool. Not at all for the wrestling part, just for the people. <laughs> so, um, truth be told, um, my top tens are based on like the characters or the people or you know what I kind of remember of them. Obviously, not as wrestlers. Some of them might be as wrestlers. Some of them might be as other people or personalities or that sort of thing. So that's kind of how my list is structured. So my number 10, uh, I guarantee you is not going to be on anyone's list. And I only put her on here because I loved watching her on TV um, in a reality show, and that's China. Nope. Not on my list. Yeah, I didn't figure it was going to be on anyone's list. Um, it's a tragic story. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, it, it's sad, and, you know, it's uh, all kinds of different issues with her. And I think her whole story is fascinating. But uh, and I cannot remember what was the name of that reality show she was on. You remember? Uh, mm. It was the one with a whole bunch of celebrities in a house. Was it a rehab one? No, she was on that one too. But it was bef- <laughs> yeah. that was she. She got on that one afterwards after she got famous for being on this one reality one, which I can't remember uh, what the name of it was. It's just a bunch of whole. It was a whole bunch of celebrities who lived in a house. Is all it was, or like you know? Demons. Oh, the, the surreal house. Surreal house. That's what it was. There it yeah. is. She was on the surreal house, and I thought she was hilarious. So, I mean, that's that's really the only reason why she made my list. I mean, she was she was really cool. I mean, she was very, you know, she was definitely the most intimidating woman in all of, you know, wrestling, yeah. mm-hmm. um, in the history of wrestling, in my opinion. Um, and she really propelled legitimacy of female wrestlers. And so I think that's 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 fantastic. I wasn't I wasn't a big WWF person, so that's probably why she didn't make my list ultimately. Um, yeah, it was a really tragic story how how she kind of got into drugs and mm-hmm. there was a unfortunate porn that she made as she made as well. Uh, and then she ended up dying way yeah. too early. Um, so it's really, her story is very tragic, but when it came to the attitude era, she, I mean, she was the queen of it. Yeah. Honestly. yeah. I mean, she was so intimidating and such a powerhouse that um, she didn't wrestle in any matches because there was no opponent as far as a female that could actually be on the same level as her. So she had to wrestle men and Mm -hmm. they don't do that anymore, but she had like the intercontinental title. Um, She got it from like Jeff Jarrett, I think Um, that was like a big thing. He dropped it to her and that kind of uh, was one of the reasons why he left the WWF, but she was just a powerhouse. She was (laughs) huge with DX and kind of was just an enforcer. She would give low blows all the time to give like the win to Shawn Michaels or Triple H. So yeah, yeah China's awesome. Uh, all right, my number ten. I think my number ten is. I, I think it's a pretty good bet. He's not on y'all's list. Um, I think he is probably the most intimidating wrestler. I think in the history of wrestling. I think he's freaking crazy because uh, he looks like an all-out monster. My number 10 is Big Van Vader. Not on my list. Not on my list. I love the look of Vader. Yeah. That guy, I mean, he is just a physical monster. I don't, and I don't think he got the ultimate or all the respects that he deserves because that guy, the dude was over 400 pounds and he didn't, he was not afraid to get on the top turnbuckle. He wasn't afraid to do any, the guy had a surprisingly amount of, agility and like ability in the ring. Like the dude was a solid wrestler. He was huge. He looked like, you know, he was a biker kind of dude that, you know, if you met him out in the real world that he would snap you in half and eat you. (laughs) (laughs) His mask 
was like, you know, it looked scary cool. as shit. Um, he was a three-time WCW champ. He won many different Jap- Japanese heavyweight titles as well. Uh, he was actually, he played football back in the day. He was in, in the 1978 draft, mm. and uh, he was drafted as a center by the Los Angeles Rams. Mm. And uh, d- But during his first season, he ruptured his patella and had to retire, and then he moved over to wrestling. But there's just, the guy had a just a scary demeanor. I absolutely... You know, I, he's the kind of person that would make me shit myself if I had to wrestle against him. For sure. No, Vader, he's just this huge, like, tank. And mm-hmm. uh, a great match between him and uh, Kane in No Way Out. And Kane just totally destroys him, which it was just like, it was crazy at the time because Vader was just this huge juggernaut. And uh, what's funny is I was, I've been binge watching Boy Meets World. And Vader uh, does a cameo. Uh, I remember that. And then you have Corey Matthews, and he's, like, wrestling Vader and stuff. It's pretty good. I was like, what the hell is Vader doing in Boy Meets World? (laughs) All right, Max, you're number 10. Okay, so um, might be on your list, but uh, number 10, we just mentioned China, and China was this wrestler's mamacita, Eddie Guerrero. (laughs) Not on my list. Not on my list. All right. Well, Eddie Guerrero, what I love about Eddie Guerrero was he broke the luchador mold uh, in WCW and WWF, WWE. I mean, he's only 5'8", and I think he was really a pioneer, um, him, Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko, all these kind of smaller guys who put wrestling first rather than just what they look like. So uh, there's some great matches between him and Chris Benoit in the uh, New Japan uh, wrestling matches he was black tiger and um he started the uh latino world order which was a um, mm-hmm. a response to the N- nwo so uh <laughs> i mean and then when he came to the wwf he had the latino heat and what i loved was the commentator jerry the king lawler would just go latino heat latino heat <laughs> But yeah, Jerry, uh, Jerry Lawler is not afraid of diving right into stereotypes. No, it's bad. You you watch it now, you just cringe. You're like, oh my gosh, this is bad. It makes you feel just dirty. All the just womanizing and how racist all his comments yeah. are. It's bad. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, Eddie Guerrero was not supposed to be as big as he was. Mm-hmm. And he became the WWE champion and he was the face of SmackDown for like a whole year. Uh, he had a tragic death. Um, but man, like you look at just his wrestling style and his persona and the lie, cheat, steal. He had these, uh, cool, uh, three suplexes that he would do in a row. And he called it the three amigos and his five star frog splash. He would just jump across mm-hmm. the ring. Man, I love, I love the Latino heat. I love Eddie Guerrero. He's yeah. awesome. He was, one hell of a technical wrestler. Yeah. I mean, he and he deserves all the praise that he gets for that. Yeah, he was really, really fun to watch. All right, John, would you uh, jump into our number nines? All right. Uh, my number nine kind of <laughs> kind of just made my list because I needed to fill the list. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a guy I remember. <laughs> I don't really remember too much about him. I honestly should have put him on number 10 and put China as number nine because I remember China more. Um, but I remember uh, people liked him, and and uh, I, I liked the I liked the look of him. He kind of had a a uh, the crow look. Uh, my number nine is Sting. Higher on my list. Okay, not on my list. Uh, okay. Um. So uh, we're going 
with uh, tall kind of well I mean, if you, you mentioned my lat my last my number 10 was van vader and a great match that he had uh against my number nine maybe he's on the other list I, the dude maybe i just like people who are big and menacing and have a mask my number nine is kane he's on my list okay not on my list okay all right well number nine probably is on one of your guys's list uh he's known as the hardcore legend Mick Foley. Higher, higher on my list. Yep. <laughs> Not on my list. <laughs> All right, so we're just going to go. Yeah. <laughs> just our number nines. We didn't talk about any of our number nines. Maybe we'll talk about our number eights. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so my number eight, I think, is kind of a throwback. And I it's because I remember him from other medium. Um, he had an interesting personality. I liked the look at look of him, and he kind of just screams '80s. Uh, my number eight is Sergeant Slaughter. Not on my list. N- not on my list. Okay, I only really remember him from other things. Like he would show up <laughs> in cartoons, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, just you know different stuff like that. And I don't know. I just kind of like the uh, the persona of the you know the drill sergeant that sort of thing. I mean, it's, it screams '80s, and that's all I really remember him from. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Sergeant Slaughter was the commissioner when I was watching it. So he like in the Attitude Era. So mm. uh, he had a an office uh, persona, and he would just get beat up on all the time. <laughs> but it, it, it's a little cringy. I mean, he had that rivalry with the Iron Sheik, and it was during uh, you know when America was in war with Iran. It just it got mm-hmm. a little like you know you look back at stuff and you're like. Okay, it's back then, but you look at it now, you're like, "Jeez, man!" It's yeah. like, "Hey, if you're from the Middle East, you suck," you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, I, I thought Slaughter. You know, yeah, he he was he was very America. I think even for one time he turned heel and like went onto the side of like the Sheik or something yeah. like that as well. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty crazy. But you know, everybody does that at some point. Always. Yeah. Um, I don't want to talk much about my number eight because I'm, I'd be shocked if he's not higher on one of y'all's lists. Um, my, mine's the Hulkster. My number eight is Hulk Hogan. Not on my list. Higher on my list. Okay. All right. Okay. For sure. This person's not on your list. (laughs) And, and to be, to be honest, I don't even know why he's on my list. He's always just been a wrestler that I've loved and has always been kind of that mid card guy. Um, but it's X-Pac. Uh, yeah, certainly not on my list. No. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, X-Pac, I don't know. To me, he just always seemed cool being part of DX. Uh, he had, you know, the leather jacket, the bandana, the glasses, and he would always just be yelling. Every promo, he'd just be like, ah, 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 ah. like, he would just be yelling. You couldn't even understand what he was saying. Yeah, I don't know. He, he just, like, I used to, <laughs> every, you know, PlayStation game, that on uh that I used to play, I used to always use his outfits, his look, his uh, X Factor finishing move. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's just, he's kind of like a guilty pleasure when it comes to <laughs> wrestling. Uh, I, I've always loved X Pac. The thing I remember most about X Pac, besides him and China having their own kind of thing afterwards as a strange whatnot, but X Pac. He was the most violent of the humpers when they did the suck it. Yes. It was X-Pac would just go crazy. 
his pelvis. I was like concerned yes. with it, you know, like he's oh gonna break God. a hip. And then his yep. Bronco Buster, you know, yeah. being uh, a twelve yeah, year old yeah, yeah. kid and seeing a Bronco Buster when he would go from one side of the ring and basically just hump the other person, just full frontal and everything, you know. It's memorable as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's an effective move, the Bronco Not Buster. Not at all. After that initial hit, you know, it, like, he's just kind of humping you. And that's, that's, it's kind of like the the Rikishi ass, you right. know, thing. Like, that's not going to actually knock anyone out. No. It might it might suffocate somebody, but other yeah, than that. Yeah, true. Okay. Um, all right. X-Pac. Yeah. Not, never going to be close on my list. But uh, all right, John, how about your number seven? All right. I'm not going to say too much because I'm pretty sure this guy is going to be higher on at least Adam's. Uh, list and uh, that's the Macho Man. Not, oh yeah, not I got the list. Macho Man higher. <laughs> of course, it's fucking Macho Man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. All right, moving along. My number seven. Um, my number seven. He might be. He might be on your list. Um, I'm taking a max. I doubt he's on John's list. Uh, this guy was one fucking amazing technical wrestler. Um, he had ridiculously tragic end of his story because uh, uh, it was a double murder-suicide. Uh, Chris Benoit. Yeah, he's on my list. Yeah, fair enough. Not on my list. All right. All right. I should just skip. I know this person's on your guys' list. <laughs> uh, the dead man, The Undertaker. Not on my list. Higher on my list. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. All right. So we're getting, we got a lot of shared people so yeah. far. That's, that's pretty cool. Uh, all right. Number six, John. Uh, okay, uh, so my number six uh, really is just again, it's just for personality. Although I, I think uh, uh, I think he's got a great look to him. Um, he looks menacing as shit, and uh, he's actually turned in a little bit of a, a good acting career afterwards. My number six is Goldberg. Higher on my list. Not okay. on my list. All right, uh, I'm sure some people might cringe that I say higher on my list, but I don't give any fucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, uh, my number six. If if he's not on y'all's list, then you're just you're not wrestling fans, because this guy is the most decorated wrestler of all time. Woo! My number six is Ric Flair. Not on my list. Uh, not, oh! not on right. my list. Well then, fuck y'all. Let me talk about <laughs> how awesome Ric Flair. I've never been is. a Ric Flair fan. <laughs> oh, I'm not a Max fan. How about that? <laughs> I, I got X-Pac, but not Ric Flair, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's disgusting. All right. Ric Flair. This dude, I think, had the singular biggest personality out of anyone, at least on my... That guy was all about Ric Flair. <laughs> he, he he was so much fun. He wrestled for so long, way yeah. too long. I mean, he went into, like, his freaking 80s, I swear. Um, but, like... You still got to respect him. I love the woo. I love the way he would walk out step by step and do like the guy. I mean, he was kind of like the WCW's macho man for a little while because he sure. had the similar kind of like, you know, flair and and like attitude to that. But I mean, the nature boy, the dude can wrestle. The dude has got all the personality you want. He's a two time WWE champ, six time WCW champ, not or eight time NWA champ. That's 16 total heavyweight championships, three WWE tag team championships. He's been in the, the Hall of Fame for both his solo and for the four horsemen. I mean, he's in one of the best tag team groups. He's in yep. one of the best solo careers of all time. And he's just one of the most memorable personalities. I fucking love the nature boy. Yeah, no, I can't hate 
I can't hate that answer. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a legend, and there's a reason why yeah. he's a legend. And he, man, what is it like? Four decades he's been wrestling and been on our <laughs> TVs. Seen, yeah. I mean, he's he's even on pretty regularly now with his daughter Charlotte Flair. Yeah, who's like, yeah, she's she's got a she's holds she holds like the female belt pretty. Uh, pretty often. Yeah, she's the right now. She's the NXT Women's Champion. She just won it okay. at uh, WrestleMania. Uh, was that last week? But uh, yeah, I mean, Ric Flair. My, because I I didn't watch WCW because when I came mm-hmm. on, WCW was kind of phasing out. Uh, mm. So my yeah, those are, those are some really bad years in like the the, the two thousand when it was really like scratching and yeah. David Arquette. I should have put you know what? oh fuck I ruined David Arquette's my number one. <laughs> <laughs> But I did love that uh, that movie, Ready to Rumble. That's like one of okay. my favorite movies. Um, but uh, no, like Evolution. So it was Triple H, Ric Flair, r- like a really young Randy Orton and Batista. So mm-hmm. those four were a faction. That's kind of my exposure. And um, Ric Flair was also the general manager for, I think, Raw when I was watching. Okay. So... He's mostly been like a suit kind of guy, but man, mm-hmm. I mean, he was in his sixties, still taking gashes, and he would still yeah. have the crimson mask on, and he he put his body through hell for mm-hmm. just the yep. love of wrestling. It's crazy. Uh okay, all right, Max, your number six. All right, so you already mentioned him earlier, but my number six is the big red machine, the mayor of Knox County. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kane, a legitimate. Mayor, yes. how awesome! Now, granted, Jesse Ventura became a governor of a state, and he was a wrestler too. But I mean, the mayor of a town in in uh, Tennessee is still pretty damn impressive. It is, and not to mention he was also Isaac Yankum and the fake Diesel. Right, right. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. awesome. He, he, what is he? A dentist, right? He started yeah, off as a dentist. Isaac Yankum, the yeah. dentist, is so bad. Uh, man, I love monsters. Um, I've always have just it. Any kind of monsters. And growing up, like, I watched the Universal Monsters. So, like, Kane is definitely WWF's version of a monster. So his Mm -hmm. origin story, I mean, he was supposed to be burned alive by Mm -hmm. the hands of the Undertaker when they were kids. And then he comes out with Paul Bear, and he rips off the door of a cage match, and he gives a a chokeslam to Undertaker. Like, that's his first... um, entrance that's his first cameo of anything and his uh two different colored eyes the he he couldn't talk for like the first couple years and then he had Mm -hmm. like the the remote the mechanical sounding (laughs) uh (laughs) voice he would talk like this but man (laughs) like he was this that that's like one dude where just the look of him you're like yeah i don't want to mess with that dude at all yeah uh super intimidating yeah, like I love the whole kind of yeah the demon gimmick stuff with him, him being that that gimmick with him and the Undertaker being brothers as well. Um, he was a str- big, strong, but also I think a good technical wrestler oh, for sure. as well. I mean, great height, great body to him. Um, he looked so much better with the mask than without. I yeah. did not appreciate the years that he was working without the mask, and uh, he won one ECW championship, one WWF championship. 12 time tag team championships. Yep. So so the guy has he's worked with plenty of people. Um it's funny he was he was Undertaker isn't on my list and Kane was and you ranked Kane higher than Undertaker as as well too Max. So I yeah. thought that was particularly interesting uh, where a lot of people would probably think 
vice versa. John did because yeah, we are, we're yet to have the Undertaker on his list. Right. But uh, yeah, just I think that's just pretty interesting. There's a reason why Undertaker's lower, and I'll get to that. But uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> in 2001, I went to a SmackDown. It was a taping. It was during when uh, WCW and ECW had the uh, alliance, and they were invading WWF. I just remember I was on the very, very top row of the Staples Center. And I had this cane sign that I made. <laughs> my my dad tells this story all the time. But I had this. It said cane, and it had like flames. And I think I like colored it with crayons and stuff. And I was just any any time cane came out, I was just on the very very top row with my cane sign. No way I was gonna get on TV or anything. But uh, I just I've always loved cane. Uh, you talked about it when uh, Undertaker and Kane when they were a tag team. They were called the Brothers of Destruction. And mm-hmm. they were just, they were awesome. Uh, Kane's also pretty funny. Uh, recently, he was in a tag team with Daniel Bryan, and they had this weird relationship, but Kane was just hilarious in any uh, skit that they would do together. But I've, I've always loved Kane. Uh, he should just retire, be done. He's had yep. a great career uh, going to politics, I guess, but. Yeah, <laughs> I love Kane. Uh, all right. Those are our number sixes. Okay, moving on to our top half of our list. John, could you start out with your number five? All right, so my number five might be higher on people's lists, so I won't say anything too much. Uh, my number five is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep. Yep, not on my list. Okay. Wow. I know. I love it. Wow. it is a little shocking. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, all right. Number five. Uh, my number five might be higher, not on Max's list, just knowing from what Max likes, but there's a good chance he might be higher on John's list. When I think of three words, that's all you need. Energy, steroids, and muscles. The ultimate warrior. My number five. Not on my list. Not on my list. Wow. The dude, okay. He's not a good technical wrestler. I know this. But this guy had muscles coming out of his fucking earlobes. This guy, he had energy. The way he ran out onto the fucking ring and started shaking the ropes and just going back and forth. I mean, he was on all the drugs. (laughs) Um, the dude, the dude is not a good dude. I mean, he unfortunately passed away way early. Um, I think at the age of 50, not too long ago, but like he even like the dude is a little bit, he was out there. He legally changed his name to warrior, uh, at some (laughs) point as well. Um, so not the strongest, uh, wrestling talents, wrestling talent, but those entrances, man, he had, in my opinion, one of the greatest like eighties style bodies. Oh, for sure. Dude, just, just jacked. Um, I loved the face paint, you know, uh, when he was uh, a tag team with Sting as the Dingo Warrior. That yeah. was pretty cool, too. Um, I, and they make no sense. They make absolutely zero fucking sense. But you go back and you watch his promos. They're fantastic. Oh, oh my God. They are, <laughs> they are nuts. They make they, – just, you don't understand what the hell he's talking about, but it's like – you're like what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> the the best promos it's when it's uh, Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior because they're trying yeah. to match each other's intensity and you're just watching like what what am I watching right now? Because it's just it's he's like oh yeah brother and then he's like oh, I'm the Ultimate Warrior and it's just like they're just going back and forth <laughs> and you're just like they're both on crack they're both on on something. 
But no, Ultimate Warrior is awesome. And and just the way he would run down the ring, like he mm-hmm. everything about him was just a level 10 of intensity. And you're just like, yeah, I'll, I'll throw my head into a brick wall for the <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. Let's do it. Yeah. Adam, so. Adam I'm going to break your heart a little bit. I'd hmm. never heard of the Ultimate Warrior. What? <laughs> no way. Seriously. That, I, don't, I don't believe that. I mean, just I mean, even he, looking at the photo, I don't recognize this guy at all. He he had a he had a wrestle buddy. Like he yeah, he, was he was so huge. huge. I yeah, I don't remember him. Ice at all. cream bars. Wow. He was on everything. Wow. T shirts. I mean, yeah, you're obviously not a wrestling fan yeah. then. <laughs> uh, all right, Max, you're number five. All right, you mentioned him earlier, uh, Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. He's my number yeah. five. Go ahead, you you do your, your. I'll just add to whatever okay. you say. So obviously. It's it's hard to talk about Chris Benoit's life and wrestling career. Um, you know, I don't want to make any excuses for him, but this is this was a guy who was extremely just disturbed at the end of his of his life. Uh, for those who don't know, he uh, tragically um, killed his son, who was like eight at the time, and his wife. Um, but they discovered that he had a huge amount of CTE in his brain. Um, that plus he had alcohol abuse and, uh, his best friend just died, Eddie Guerrero. So it's a tragic, so tragic. And actually his death almost destroyed professional wrestling because it was all over in the news. And it was like, at the time, how is professional wrestling even going to recover after this because of the scrutiny and, you know, there was no checks. You know, they said they did uh, checks for, like, concussions and stuff, but they really didn't. So mm-hmm. um, that's where, like, the Attitude Era, the Ruthless Aggression Era kind of ended, and then the PG Era started, and that's when I stopped watching. It, was just, <laughs> it, it wasn't fun anymore, but they had to. They had to rebrand. But um, as far as Chris Benoit, the wrestler, he was just a great heel, uh, his tights were so awesome with just like the, 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 he was called the rabid Wolverine and there was kind of these mm-hmm. like claw marks on his tights. Um, he, he was such an awesome technical wrestler. His, uh, finishing move was the cross face and this, the intensity that he would, uh, show as he would lock it in. Uh, he would do the diving headbutt. He did this beautiful German suplexes. Uh, I could go on and on about Chris Benoit, but. Why don't you talk about him, Adam? Why why was he on your list? Uh, he was on my list one mainly for his technical wrestling skills. Yeah. Like the guy was so fun to watch because he you knew when he came out he was going to give a really strong performance um, and like a strong technical performance. He was not a great promo guy. He was not you know a great personality, mm-hmm. um, but he was one hell of a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, and while while he wasn't the biggest and bulkiest dudes, I you know, I just had talked about the Ultimate Warrior. I think he he had a really strong athletic body look to him. Yeah. He looked legitimately like someone who would fuck you up. Um you know, and I always I always appreciated the athleticism that he brought. I always appreciated the the realness that he brought where I love also some of the ridiculousness of some of these other characters, Chris Brent Benoit, I always thought was 100% real. Um, And so I really respected the technicals. And now I'm fully on with you about like the, he, you know, the, the CTE issues and he was not taken care of properly um, with concussion protocol stuff. And, you know, there's probably some other stuff on top of it. 
that led to the tragic end. But um, I highly respect uh, what he brought into the ring. Yeah. And then there's a great documentary that just came out within the last couple of weeks. It's uh, called The Dark Side of the Ring. It's on Vice mm-hmm. on YouTube. And it goes into the behind the scenes of the Chris Benoit story. And it was produced by uh, Chris Jericho. So this isn't... Mm. Um, it wasn't produced by the WWE because the WWE will not touch Chris Benoit. Basically, that yeah. day he died, it was like he's erased from everything. Um, you know, you could still see his matches in on the WWE Network, but there will be no merchandise. You know, the wrestlers cannot mention him at all in the past tense or anything. But um, the Dark Side of the Ring is this phenomenal documentary about him and Eddie Guerrero, and it talks about... Th- just the the end well it talks about their career but especially the end and uh i'll just end by saying this like wrestlemania 20 was the last wrestlemania i saw uh as a kid and it was a game changer at the time because eddie guerrero beat kurt angle for uh the belt and then ben wall beat Shawn Michaels and Triple H, which he was like a huge underdog and no one gave him a chance to um, win. Of course, it's scripted, but, you know, no one thought that, hey, they're actually going to put the belt on this guy. So, uh, yeah, Chris Benoit was the the champion for uh, a few months. And for him to be at that um, level was huge because the WWF, WWE would never put someone that small – or even that technical of a wrestler, uh, you know, in the 80s or even early 90s. So it sh- showed this transition that the WWE was doing. So Chris Benoit, actually, uh, his life and death shifted all of the WWE moving forward. Yep, absolutely. Uh, okay. All right, we are diving into our number fours. Yeah. Uh, number four. We're getting closer and closer. All right, John. Your number four, please. My number four was, uh, I believe Max had it earlier, and that was The Undertaker. Yes. Okay. All right, so I'm not going to talk too much about him because I don't know too much about his wrestling. I do know that I have one of my earliest memories of wrestling is of The Undertaker. Just seeing this guy and seeing his look, and I really liked his look. I thought it was really cool, especially when I was a kid. Just the the long coat and the hat, mm-hmm. and he just always had a serious face. I don't think I ever remembered hearing him talk, ever. I'm not sure if he ever talked. Um, and I remember not that long ago seeing a promo and still seeing him there, and I'm like, is that still the same guy? Is he still there? Wasn't he there for like a very long time? <laughs> He's still wrestling. He's still, yeah. He, he, only, he only really comes out for WrestleMania yeah. now, but like he is still there. That's that's amazing, and he still looks intimidating as hell. Yeah. So, I mean, this you know, I a lot of people know who he is. I I he's kind of an icon at this point. I think just the the look of him, and I that's why I I put him pretty high on the list because I always thought he had a really cool persona. Yeah, I mean, the dude he was definitely on my um, honorable mentions because uh, yeah, you cannot deny the amazing career that he's had. Yeah. yeah. Max, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, he was my number seven, and honestly, I would have put him higher if he would have re- retired like ten years ago. <laughs> you know, so he actually has docked points from that. But um, he actually does talk, not 
so often and not very much, but his uh, catchphrase is rest in peace. And it's like a throwaway line, but he's just yeah. rest in peace. Like he sells it. Uh, and then when when I was watching it, he was the American badass. So he was on uh, a motorcycle and uh, he would come out to Limp Biscuit rolling. <laughs> And that's what <laughs> I really like. I, I love Limp Biscuit because of that. That's how I got exposed to Limp Biscuit. Um, but as a wrestler, I mean, he, he's like a six ten, almost seven feet tall, and he would walk on the ropes and do this like acrobatic moves. And um, man, just he had the longest streak of WrestleMania at the time. It was twenty one and zero, and then he lost to to Brock Lesnar. But I thought he should have retired a long long before that uh yeah but he did wrestle two weeks ago and i don't know if you guys have heard what kind of the wwe was doing uh during the covid is they would have their shows but there would be nobody in the crowd i did hear that yeah it was awful (laughs) yeah yeah i mean wrestling wrestling is is like eighty percent crowd reaction exactly (laughs) so and, and especially you like you hear them like grunt and then you hear them talking like, oh, boy, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you, boy. Like stuff that you're not supposed to hear, you're now hearing. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> but he had a boneyard match with AJ Styles. And Undertaker's 55. It, it's, it was stupid. It was like this 90s looking like really bad sci-fi shot thing that they did at like a barn. And they would like fought. But it just looked so fake. It was bad. I hated it. <laughs> Okay, number four. My number four. Um, my number four was mentioned by John earlier. Um, I think all of mine have been called out earlier, so <laughs> it's not going to be a surprise on any of mine. Um, he was one of the, the coolest 80s wrestlers and, and early 90s ever. Uh, my number four is the Macho Man. Oh, yeah. And not on, not on your top four? No, Max? no, he's not on my list. All right, and John, what was he? He's like your eight or seven or Who's something seven like that. seven for me, yeah. Seven. Okay, uh, Macho Man, in my opinion, is the greatest promo artist in the history of wrestling. That guy was so good in front of the camera and like in the backstage area, um, like so good. Like um, he, the way you put, yeah, his oh yeah, his catchphrase. You know, when I think oh yeah, I don't think the fucking. Uh, uh, Kool-Aid man busting through a wall. I, I think of Macho Man, you know, and, and and I love his his stuff outside of the ring. Yeah. The bone saw bone is saw. ready <laughs> from yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. Three minutes, three minutes of pain. Yeah. <laughs> the dude, he had so much, he had so much pomp and circumstance that he used that song for his fucking intro music. Yep. Like that's awesome. He used um, pomp and circumstance as his intro music. Yeah. Yes, wow. when he walked down to the he when he walked down to the mat, it was pomp and circumstance. <laughs> like that's who who has the balls to do that, <laughs> Macho Man. Like it's awesome. Um, funny enough, he actually uh, he played baseball as when he was younger. He was signed by the St. Louis Cardinals huh. as a catcher out of high school. Wow. He played 289 games in. Um, four minor league seasons, but he didn't end up making it into the majors. Uh, but he was a talented baseball guy. Wow. Uh, he won four WCW uh, heavyweight championships, two WWF championships. The guy, I mean, he's a legend, and he's one of the greatest personalities yeah. in the history of wrestling. So, yeah. uh, John. I still say, oh, yeah, anytime I take a bite into a Slim Jim. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I, that's the, in fact, I, I can't walk by a Slim Jim without if I don't if I don't say it, I'm thinking it. He does. That, he he's got that personality, and even though I never really watched him wrestle, you can't you can't ignore him. He's he was everywhere. He was you know he was everywhere in the '80s. His, his, he was on TV. He was on commercials. He was in movies. I and I think that does a lot for the sport of wrestling is if you can get a personality personality out there for people who don't even who's not even considering you know wrestling but you got this guy who's just crazy on on camera who you'd be like you know what i'm gonna watch it just so i can watch this guy and i think that's yeah. i think that's that's what his draw was yeah absolutely so <laughs> that's all i can oh, say about love me the macho man okay all right uh max you're number four all right i don't think he's gonna be on your guys's list uh he is the face of ecw talking about rob van Damn. Oh God! No way! The guy was like, "What a tool, tool bird." <laughs> Are you kidding me, dude? You, <laughs> no, you don't even have his st- whole thing was two thumbs pointing at himself. RVD. You don't even have Stone Cold on your list. I can't even like talk to you. <laughs> don't talk to me about <laughs> he, wrestling. He was he was a number. He was an honorable mention if that helps with Stone Cold. <laughs> no, that like, doesn't you know, help. Number eleven. <laughs> he should be top five, like hands down. Anyways, Rob Van Dam, he was part of ECW. ECW was like the gritty kind of rated R wrestling at the time. So it wasn't WWF, it wasn't WCW. And, um, man, he would do things that would just make your mouth drop and just go, wow. He he was like 6'1", but he looked shorter because of how stocky he was. But he was almost like a, a, gym, uh, a gymnast because he would do these rolling, they called it the rolling thunder. He would do these, like, cartwheels and... Uh, do these crazy flips and stunts. Uh, I thought he was super cool. He he's like this huge stoner in real life. Uh, he's got like this relationship with like two girls right now. Like that's just the guy he is. His <laughs> whole Instagram it's just him with like girls in bikinis. Like that's just Rob Van Dam. He's like fifty. Years <laughs> what did I did I start off my conversation with a with a tool bird? <laughs> and you're just backing up my entire argument. Okay, okay. Let me get back to the wrestling part. But he puts on great matches. Um, you know he would take chair shots he would take shots from trash cans he would jump off like uh ecw they had this uh awning that wrestlers would jump off of i love rob van dam love that guy okay i've never even heard of him yeah yeah if you haven't heard of ultimate warrior you sure as hell haven't heard of <laughs> rob van dam all right our top three gentlemen now we're actually going to talk about some of these people who uh, have been on our list later down on the podcast. So uh, number three, John. All right. So two of my three actually haven't been mentioned yet, so I don't, uh, uh. I don't think they will be at this point. Um, and to be fair, two of the three of them really, I've come to know them from other things other than wrestling. But uh, for number three, uh, he is the only wrestler, wrestler who I can say has made me laugh and has made me cry. And that's Andre the Giant. Not on my list. Not on I my didn't list, figure. Yeah. I figured he's he's far enough in the past. He's probably not some of you guys watch. Um, and admittedly, it's not really for his wrestling. Um, however, if you have not seen the HBO special Andre the Giant, you've got to watch it. It is an incredible story about this guy. Um, and the ending of it legitimately made me tear up. Having Hulk Hogan talk about his that fin- that WrestleMania mm-hmm. match. And how, um, you know, they he didn't know if 
because uh, he was supposed to win, and he didn't yeah. know if Andre was going to let him win because Andre did not <laughs> like to lose, and he didn't know. And you know, all of these things that Andre wasn't doing anymore because he had you know all these all these you know body problems, back problems, that sort of thing. And he was just, just you know hear Hulk talk about um, him calling out these things. And like you know, doing all these moves that he hadn't done probably in years, almost at that point to let Hulk take the, you know, the belt from him, it's just it's one of the most goddamn moving things I've ever seen. And I don't even like wrestling, really. Mm-hmm. It's just it's an amazing story. Yeah. That whole mm-hmm. that whole documentary. I've already watched it like three times. Wow, it is good. I've seen it as well. It's, it's very so good. good. So I mean, and you know. <clears throat> Freaking the princess, Brian. What are you gonna say? I mean, he he warmed himself into our hearts with that. He, I've you've heard nothing but I've heard nothing but you know amazing stories about what a nice guy he really was. So, if 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 anything for that and his legacy, that's why he's my number three. It's valid reasoning, yeah. absolutely. And he was so. like the giant. Oh, obviously Andre the Giant, but he <laughs> was just like the biggest wrestler at the time, and he was just like amazing and. He would just throw one punch, and then the wrestlers would just get knocked out. Yeah. Like he, he, he didn't move at all, hardly in those matches. And then it was huge when Hulk Hogan. You were talking about that match when mm-hmm. he lifted mm-hmm. him up. It like the entire. I mean that that's like one of the biggest moments of wrestling history. Is yep. just that moment where uh, Hulk Hogan slams him. But uh, Andre, yeah. I mean, his voice so iconic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when uh, WCW billed the Big Show as the Giant, and he was like the son of Andre the Giant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That w- that did not work very well. No. I'm so glad that when he went over to WWE, they gave him his own persona, and he really became um, a top tier yeah. guy. No, yeah. the the best part of uh, Big Show in WCW was when he was Captain Insano. <laughs> I remember Captain Insano in, in Waterboy. Uh, yeah. yeah, sorry, a little side tangent yeah. from the from Andre the Giant, but yeah, great call, great call. I, I can't, especially someone who's not a big wrestling guy, um, or, or even like a minor wrestling guy. I yeah. think Andre totally makes sense. What, yeah. a, what the one of the hugest names. Yeah. And he was he was a neighbor of. This is just weird fact that I just thought was interesting. He, he was a childhood neighbor of Samuel Beckett, one of the what? most famous playwrights. Yeah, Samuel yeah, so Beckett used to drive him into town because Samuel Beckett had a had a convertible that Andre would fit in. So instead of walking into town, uh, he would he would let Andre sit in the back and he would drive him into town. That's crazy. Yeah, okay. sorry, just fascinating. I'm really fascinated <laughs> by is, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Honestly, uh, three. I really wish I could just eat as much food as he. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know the dude. The dude. I mean, uh, you see that picture of him with a beer can in his hand? It's just like. Dear God, that would have been insane to just meet him in person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, my number three, uh, I think was I can't remember whose list this this guy was on, um, but he is the I mean he is the franchise for WCW. Um, great face paint, you know. He did all of his shopping at Hot Topic. Um, <laughs> it was so cool. Uh, actually, that was the Hardy Boys. They were really the Hot Topic guys. But uh, of course, I'm talking about Sting. Uh, this guy was amazing. He's not higher on anybody else's list, right? Not no, no, he, no, he not, was my number nine. Not, yeah, he's not John's on John's number list. nine. Okay. Um, great height, like good body. That face paint is freaking awesome, particularly the crow style face paint that he went with through the rest of his career at once he got that going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do like his early stuff with you know, he's the partner of Ultimate Warrior with his bleach blonde kind of surfer look. Yeah. But, you know, he's, he's widely regarded as 
the greatest performer in WCW history. Yeah. You know, he, in my opinion, he was definitely the most consistent performer. You know, when he got out there, you know, you knew you were getting a good fucking match. Yeah. Sting was awesome. He had his baseball bat. I remember when he flew down from the rafters with his baseball bat. Awesome. He's intimidating. He's scary. But the guy, I mean, he fought off, um, you know, and it was pretty much like, you know, NWO versus Sting for a long time. And then he eventually swapped and joined in them and got into the wolf pack with the red face paint. Right. I fucking love red face paint Sting. Like, the dude, the dude is so good. And I, he held really strong against uh, Vince McMahon for a long time until he eventually did jump in uh, with WWE. Because, you know, he went over to TNA. He, he, got, he won one NWA heavyweight championship, six WCW championships, three tag team championships, and four TNA heavyweight championships. Mm-hmm. The guy was, is so good. I'm just pissed to this day that we never got, after WCW got, you know, bullied out and lost, they lost the, the wars and, and uh, swallowed up by WWE, we never got Sting versus Taker. Mm-mm. Why the fuck did we never? And I don't want it now. There's Hell, they're still talking about <laughs> potentially doing it. I don't want it. The guys are really too old. Yeah. But, like, if we could have gotten it in, like, you know, 2005 or something, holy shit, would've that would have been so cool. Yeah, the reason why Sting didn't join WWE at the time is because he was reluctant because he saw mm-hmm. how... Booker T was treated. He saw how yes. all these guys were treated, and these were top tier wrestlers on WCW. Yeah. And he's like, "I'm not gonna job for these guys. I'm not gonna job for yeah. Vince McMahon. Jobbing is just you know making yourself look dumb." Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. like Vince McMahon, he, fu- I mean, Booker T had to like claw his way back up to the A list. Yeah, and that guy was awesome. Yeah, he- I mean, he eventually really did make a strong name for himself again in WWE. But DDP was fucked. Yeah, DDP, uh-huh. and he was a good wrestler. Yeah, DDP had that weird um, angle with like Undertaker and his wife and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, you know it was. <laughs> yeah. And then he had that stupid like smiling thing he would do. But oh. he was basically just a, a a joke at that point. And Sting saw all this and he was like, "Yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm not gonna job. Well, I'm gonna go to TNA where yeah. I could be the top guy." Yeah, I yeah. mean, because Vince just pushes everybody around. Um, but I feel like Sting, you know, he he was able to just be like, "No, fuck you" for a while. Yeah, so that's good. I got a cool story with Sting. So um, my buddy from high school, like my best friend from high school, he played uh, college football at like D2 uh, school. And Sting's son was on the football team with, with my friend. And he said mm. before a game, uh, Sting came out into their locker room and did like this promo is like pumping them up before the game and full on makeup with the bat and stuff. He said it was so awesome. You know, he's just like sting is, you know, 10, 15 feet away from me and he's just cutting a promo for us. (laughs) So I was like, Oh man, that would have been so awesome to just be a part of. Cool. Yeah. Uh, All right, John, you want, can you, you want to add anything about sting? I really got nothing to add. Okay. I mean, I said at the top. I mean, I don't. Need, this guy really should have been my number ten because I really didn't remember much about him. Okay. So, but uh, I just I remembered him. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I remember. You remembered ten wrestlers, and that's all you get. Yep. So not much in the world of uh, honorable mentions because you used I, up all your knowledge. I, did. I really shouldn't be on this list, but <laughs> it's still partly my podcast. So fuck yeah. it, I'm going to be yes. on here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, Max, you're number three. All right, number three. And I think it's on uh, John's list. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, that was my number five. Okay. So Stone Cold. I mean, I can't believe he's not on your list because Stone Cold, 
we're, we're not having this conversation if it wasn't for Stone Cold. I mean, uh, uh, he. I mean, I like Stone Cold. I like him. I like him. But I was a WCW guy. I didn't give I really you. any fucks about WWE. <laughs> and I, it, well, that's awesome because I'm the opposite. Like I'm all WWF. Like WCWs, meh. You know, I'm going yeah. back in their their matches. But uh, Stone Cold was part of the reason why. WWF won the Monday Night Wars, and the Monday Night Wars was WCW, WWF. They would go back and forth with ratings, but Stone Cold is, uh, I think, just personifies that late 90s attitude for teens and, and young adults at the time. Uh, he was an anti-hero. You know, he, he would give middle fingers to everybody. He was unhinged he would give stunners to his boss he would give stunners to women to cops um (laughs) what a what a good guy i don't know dude like at the time it's like yeah that you know stone i mean no one no one epitomized attitude era like stone exactly and and if you look at it like his look and there's some wrestlers like i think we talked about an ultimate uh, Warrior or Macho Man Randy Savage. These guys got off just with the with the look by themselves. But Stone Cold, if you were to pitch his look, it's a bald guy with a goatee <laughs> with a plain black Speedo. There's nothing on his Speedos, right? No name, no nothing. Knee braces, plain black boots, and a bedazzled vest. But, man, <laughs> he made it awesome. He freaking killed it. And uh, one of my favorite... <laughs> favorite segments it's it's little later is when stone cold and booker t fight in this grocery store and it's a real <laughs> grocery store and i actually showed it a few nights to uh, my my family where i'm like all right because uh, it was my birthday i'm like it's my birthday we're gonna watch what i want to watch and i'm gonna show you this <laughs> and he uh Stone Cold's taking grapefruits and hitting Booker T over the head. <laughs> He's taking uh, crackers and like uh, smashing it on Booker T. He's taking flour. It's it's ridiculous, but man, Stone Cold. He's just super iconic when it comes to wrestlers. Um, I think yeah. he. You hear that glass and that. Yeah. The like, dude. The dude had some of the biggest pops in all of wrestling. Yeah, and even people who don't know wrestling, they know Stone Cold. They know yeah, the stunner. Yeah. They know, you know, the middle fingers. They know the, oh, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a legend. Yeah. 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 I can attest to that. That's the only reason why he made my list. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I he seems like very like, – he's one of the few people on my list who I really would be hesitant to approach even in person because mm. he just seems like he – it just seems like that's him. Yeah. Like yeah. that's who he really is. <laughs> He's not acting. Yeah, yeah. And, and even in interviews, he really just seems like that. Like uh, that's a pretty damn intimidating dude. Uh, the, what the last thing I'll say about Stone Cold is, you know, uh, he broke his neck, and it's the reason why they mm-hmm. don't do the power driver move anymore. And you look at old attitude uh, matches, and that's all they do is just the power driver. And you watch it now, and you're cringing because you know what happened yeah. to Stone Cold. But yeah. uh, isn't isn't Undertaker like one of the only people allowed to power drive because he knows how to do it properly? And it's modified, so he, okay, it, it's the power driver. So, some guys would like um, they would be facing away from the wrestler. So when Undertaker does it, they're facing him. So his knees okay. are hitting way before. The head okay. is even close to the mat. But if Stone Cold didn't break his neck, like he could have gone five, six years. Um, mm-hmm. Every year they've been hinting at, you know, Stone Cold coming back. 
when CM Punk was still wrestling, it, they those two were rumored for WrestleMania every year. And I think if there was any dream match that can still happen, uh, Undertaker and Sting. But that's I think it's it's kind of late, it, too late. Yeah, yeah. But like absolutely. CM Punk and Stone Cold, although it would still be late, I think we're still in that window. It's like I would still want to see that. Yeah. Well, I mean, another wrestler who's I I don't think is obviously making anybody's list, but someone who everybody thought was just gone from wrestling recently came back edge yeah. and he's been back in the ring too. And so like anybody, you know, after some time, if they heal up and they're good enough, you know, they can actually do it, yeah. which is pretty cool. He Stone Cold would get the biggest pop ever if he came back yeah. for a match. Uh, okay. All right. Our top two, John, how about you kick us off? All right. So my number two, um, I, I'm, I'm guessing he's not on either of your lists. So, um, but he's, he's quite possibly one of the most famous wrestlers, uh, now, if not uh, from when you wrestled, then it's it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson on my list. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, all right, my number two was Max's number eight or nine. Um, I will forgive you for putting him so <laughs> fucking low. I told you I'm a WCW guy, but this dude was by far my favorite WWE wrestler. Um, the dude had personality, personality, personality. So much of it. He had to have three different characters. And, of course, I'm talking Mick Foley. Bam, bang! <laughs> the dude, he had Dude Love, Cactus Jack, Mankind was easily my fa- my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, honestly, I had Big Van Vader and Kane. I like the people with the masks. I see that. <laughs> so, You're into masks. I see that. <laughs> I'm into masks. So, uh, Mankind was easily my favorite. Um, another kind of big dude, but had really good ability. Um, good movement, and he, you know, he would put his body like no one put his body on the line more than mankind. Um, that's why he's the hardcore legend. Yep. You cannot deny he laid it out every time. And and I've got to talk about. it. I'm sure you were going to bring it up, but like I want to bring it up because he's higher on my <laughs> list. Damn it! Um, that hell in a cell match. Yeah. Holy! It still will kind of give me chills. I go back and watch it. To me, it's the greatest wrestling match in history, mm. and because. First, Undertaker threw him off the top, like 16 feet to a, onto a fucking announcer table. The dude, like, dislocated his shoulder, was getting carted out. He fucking got up, came back, climbed back up the fucking cage. Undertaker then chokeslams him through the top of the mat, uh, top of the cage. He falls 13 feet on his back yep. to the fucking mat. He's got, a to- he's got a tooth hanging inside of his fucking nose. The guy is like... He's obviously um, really fucked up at this point. <laughs> he eventually gets up and keeps wrestling. Like, the guy, it's insane. Like, I, I can still hear JR's ringside announcement on that one. Good God, he killed him. He's broken in half. Like, somebody stop the damn match. Oh my enough's God. enough. Oh, my, my God. Good God. <laughs> it's, like, to me, nothing says dedication to the sport like Mick Foley in that match. Yeah. And if that doesn't tell you that he's the toughest son of a bitch that ever wrestled, I don't know what will. No, that's hands down. I mean, he's not athletic at all. He's just, you know, like he's totally out of shape. Like he looks like me, yeah. you know, like, but he just, he, he would go and wrestle in like sweats and stuff at some matches, <laughs> but he just had this, 
I don't know, this this switch in his brain where it's like, I do not feel pain, and I will mm. finish this match. I will put on a, a good show. And uh, I love Dude Love, because it, it was totally, yeah. like, different from Cactus Jack. It was different from yeah, Mankind. Yeah. And, you know, he's just throwing, like, peace signs, <laughs> and he's got this, like, <laughs> uh, tie-dye bandana. He, just, he looks really yeah. goofy. But um, fun fact, Mick Foley is the only wrestler to hold championships with Stone Cold and The Rock. Oh. Yeah. So, oh, because because he has, he has 11 tag team championships, and I knew, yeah, and it was probably from those. Like, that's pretty so cool. So The Rock and Stone Cold. And uh, even after, because he's, he's, he retired early, obviously, with all of his, yeah. um, just the, 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 the big things got and just all the hits, <laughs> but he became the commissioner. Um, mm-hmm. So he, he became a suit guy. He was actually in wrestling about the last three years ago. He was like the general manager of Raw. Um, there, have you seen Beyond the Mat, the documentary? I have. That's a great yeah. documentary. If anyone hasn't seen it, you watch Beyond the Mat, and then you go watch um, the movie The Wrestler with, with Mickey Rourke, and you see that Aronofsky got a lot of um, uh, inspiration from that doc. It's yeah. a really good one. So just seeing you know, the Mick Foley aspect and his kids are in the front and they're screaming and crying because they oh. think it's real. And The Rock was taking like real headshots and that's the yeah. thing. I mean the pain that McFoley was going through was legitimate. Yeah. And people think like, oh it's it's fake, it's scripted, but the bumps they're taking, those headshots are real. They're taking mm-hmm. them like head on. And the reason why is as a wrestler at the time, it was like a badge of honor. Like you were mm-hmm. you took pride in taking a headshot with a chair. I'm glad yeah. I'm not in that business, but yeah, Mick Foley. Yeah. Mick Foley's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I want to add about Mick Foley is uh, I love, you know, because he's the only one that can really do this. At the Royal Rumble, he he would come in as one character, yes. lose, and then they would come <laughs> back in like you know ten people later as then Cactus Jack, you know, and then as man like he he because of his three personalities, yeah. he got into the Royal Rumble three times, which is just. Freaking! What a great use of yeah. that. <laughs> and, and what's weird is he's this huge um, lover of uh, Christmas, so he like dresses yeah. <laughs> up as Santa Claus all the time and like does community things as Cactus Jack dressed up as as Santa. So it's yeah. pretty funny the the family videos that he shoots every Christmas. <laughs> yeah. If um if no one has read his book Have a Nice Day, so you good. absolutely should. I've read it as well. It sounds like Max has. It is a really strong and interesting read. Yeah. Okay. All right. Max, you're number two. All right. Number two is Raw is Jericho. Wow. That is I mean if you include his career after 2005, which I'm sure it's hard not to, right. um, but like the guy, he definitely made himself as I, I have a friend who, who hopefully will listen to this podcast in this episode. Um, he just constantly says, Jericho's the goat. Jericho's the goat. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck you. Gilberg is better than Jericho. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, but Jericho legitimately the dude, he he's, he's held Multiple belts, and he's kicked ass yeah. in multiple different promotions. So fair enough. Right, sorry, go ahead. Um, not on your guys' list? No. no. Okay. <laughs> um, Chris Jericho, there's no wrestler who has successfully reinvented themselves as much as Chris Jericho. I mean, he's been in uh, the game for about 20 years now, and every single time he would return, because he would take some time 
off, yeah. but he would come back and he would have a new catchphrase, or he would put on a little scarf, and it you know it was it's ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. but you know Chris Jericho made it look cool. Recently, he had this uh, this list, and he would just be writing down, and then he was like. You stupid idiot! You just made the list, and then it's just like, <laughs> man. As a kid, I hated Chris Jericho, uh, hated his guts because Y two J. Yeah, no, because he was a, a huge rival of my number one. Uh, so I used to, I loved to hate Chris Jericho, which I think you know he did his his job right because um, what he he's an underrated heel. People like just think of him as like a wrestler, but like when he's a heel. He sells it so well, um, and just all his catchphrases. Uh, I'm I'm a big catchphrase guy because I would use it, like you know, on teachers and people at school. They wouldn't know what I was talking about, but uh, like he would always say, uh, "Lighten up, Junior," or uh, <laughs> "Do you understand what I'm saying to you right now?" Uh, he goes, "I'm the best in the world at what I do." Uh, he would call his fans. He stole that from Wolverines, probably. <laughs> Uh, and then you made the list. Uh, oh, my favorites. Uh, he would just do this thing. He goes, I am the gift of Jericho. Take it in, man. And like he would just like close his eyes. And <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he, I, he's I, awesome. I hate it. And why I don't care for the guy. I mean, you got to respect his uh, quality. But yeah, he was such a such a dick. <laughs> and that's what made him awesome. And obviously yeah. he just made AEW and he's killing it there mm-hmm. uh of course he makes he makes himself the first ever aid aew champion but whatever um mm-hmm. the best match that i've ever seen live on a non-pay-per-view event was a smackdown when it was chris jericho and chris benoit were teaming up and it was tables and ladders and chairs number three on a smackdown mm. the match is unbelievable and even if you don't like wrestling if you're listening to this and you don't like wrestling, kudos on you. You love John and Adam. Awesome. But uh, but give give this give this match a shot because it is bonkers what they do. Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit are at their height and the pop that they get for winning the match. Um, but yeah, Chris Jericho. Plus he's a he's a singer of Fozzie and he has a great podcast. Um. He he has a great podcast. If you haven't listened to that, like he has all these guests, and Chris Jericho's awesome. Uh, all right, let's move on to our number ones. I've been paying attention, so I know everybody's number one because everybody's number one has been spoiled by now. So before we do that, let's uh, let's let's give some little teasers by telling. Uh, let's do some honorable mentions only because. I know everybody's number one already. <laughs> so, uh, how about uh, John? You start off with a couple um, honorable mentions. I actually don't have any honorable mentions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, fair enough. Um, I want to call out uh, Rey Mysterio was really close to making my list. Yep. That guy so fun to watch. Like he did some of the most amazing things that I've ever seen in a wrestling um, mat, and it was. Uh, it was pretty incredible to watch some of his matches. Um, Rowdy Roddy Piper was just fun. He he wasn't actually really all that close to making my list, but the guy was freaking cool. Um, you know, uh, I loved his his style and his yeah. swagger, and he was great. And then the last one I'm going to mention, who actually really had no chance of making my list, but I always loved the look of. Uh, I mean, I'm talking like old school NWO Scott Steiner, Big Papa Pump. <laughs> uh, that guy was so so roided up. <laughs> 
And my, I still tell this story. I put my mom in the Steiner recliner one time, oh. and she was so pissed at me. <laughs> no, like his, she his was... muscles had muscles. It, it, yeah, it, they did. It looked oh like a cartoon. God, it, was it, was, it was disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple honorable mentions from you, Meg. All right. Well, first it's Kurt Angle. Uh, the uh-huh. Olympic gold medalist. He put on some great matches. He was a great heel. Um, his theme song, and everyone would just <laughs> chant, you suck, you suck, <laughs> and he would just embrace it. But uh, Which is funny because I mean, he started off as a face, didn't he? Um, because, I mean, he was like a golden boy kind of you know wrestler, and then he switched over to heel, and he, that's where he really shined. Yeah, no, he was a heel pretty quickly because okay. they needed a heel at the time, and... His gimmick was wasn't going over. So, uh, yeah. but he he had some great matches uh, with Stone Cold, with uh, Triple H, with The Rock, um, uh, Brock Lesnar. Him and Brock Lesnar put on some fantastic matches during mm-hmm. the Ruthless Aggression era. And then the other uh, honorable mention I'll give is Ken Shamrock. So uh, I like that. Yeah, call. I don't know why Ken Shamrock doesn't get the legacy like some of these other guys do um because during the attitude era he would get huge pops uh and he was a legit fighter <laughs> like his background was in MMA he was a an early UFC champion and uh he would he would just go nuts and they called him um what do they call him the most dangerous man or something like that because yeah. he would just do these like uh belly to belly suplexes and it looked like it hurt just with the yeah the throttle that he would throw his opponents down to the mat. But yeah. Yeah. He, he was one of those people. I definitely liked him as well because you, just because you knew his background, you know, you were scared of these other people, but you knew Ken Shamrock could legitimately kill you any second he wanted to. Yeah. (laughs) And, and just the ankle lock and the way you you felt like he was going to snap it. You're just like, Oh no. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so. I, have a qu- uh, I have a quick Kurt uh, Angle story uh, So our dad being a fan of Olympic style wrestling Knew exactly who Kurt Angle was And I that was actually a name I had heard Before he had even started professional wrestling Wow! And I remember I don't remember where I was or when this was I just remember being in, somewhere in the same room With my dad Seeing a promo for Whatever wrestling group he was with WWE or whoever and hearing mm. the name Kurt Angle and going to my dad, wasn't didn't he wrestle in the Olympics? And I don't remember exactly what dad said. I just remember hearing the disdain in his voice <laughs> and the disappointment, <laughs> the fact that this this you know iconic Olympic wrestler was doing professional wrestling. Yeah, and he won it with a freaking broken neck. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, all right. The time that the the moment you've all been waiting for. Our number ones, John, go ahead. All right, so it's, you know, I'm a child of the 80s. I'm a child of the 90s. Um, there was no bigger wrestler in that time mm-hmm. than Hulk Hogan. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of, you, you listen to a lot of people, someone maybe like a Max might tell us in a little <laughs> bit, but they might say hey, that person, which I'll save, uh, is the biggest, you know, person to, to ever be like a wrestler or whatnot. But no, man, the answer is Hulk, no one dominated wrestling like Hulk Hogan. No, he's not a great technical wrestler. In fact, he might be a bad wrestler (laughs) when you really watch his stuff. Um, The leg drop, come on, that's not a good finishing move. (laughs) The atomic leg drop is pretty weak. But his personality, his gimmick, his cheese, oh my God, the cheddar coming from Hulk Hogan. 
it's just it just screams 80s perfection um one of the longest careers as a big name as well obviously mm-hmm. he just a couple of his things six-time WWF WCW championship six-time WWF championship two-time Hall of Famer with the original and with his NWO group you know he made he made WWF and then he you know he made WWF bigger and better yep. and then when he went over to WCW he made WCW bigger and better and he had one of the best heel turns in the history of wrestling when he went over to NWO yeah. and had that that finger poke of doom and all that kind of <laughs> shit like Hogan Hogan was the man yeah. and he was fucking thunderlips in the Rocky franchise if no one knows that <laughs> and he had that show Thunder in Paradise yeah. like he was awesome <laughs> that's and, a show that's a show I want to get on our podcast at some point ah uh, yeah <laughs> And he was like the bad guy in like uh, Three Ninjas Two or Three, yeah. one of those. Like, and then uh, what was that uh, one with Christopher Lloyd, the Commando? Um, what was that? He was like this robotic guy. It. Oh yeah, was it Bionic Commando? Yes, that one. Yeah. yeah. He, so he was in all these like really bad movies in the nineties yeah. and stuff. But, uh, I mean Hulk Hogan. The way that I look at it is whoever's the top wrestler when you watch wrestling that's who you're gonna fall in love with right mm-hmm. so obviously i got into it later but it, if i were to watch it in the 80s <laughs> it would have been hulk hogan hulk hogan would have been my yeah. number one yeah um, yeah i mean that, he's so iconic totally makes sense and i think actually i think that's correct for all three of yeah. us whoever was the top guy when we got into it like when john or when john john knew it from the back in the day hulk hogan was the man uh, so that's a great call i can't i can't fault you for that one john okay at least I got to that. Oh, yeah. A lot of people might fault me for my number one, but I don't give any fucks. Um, I, yeah, it's going to piss people off. But my number one is Goldberg. Mm. And the way you put it, I was a WCW guy. And when I got into wrestling, Goldberg was the shit. Yeah. When I when I think of the streak, I'm sorry, I don't think of the Taker and WrestleMania. I think of Goldberg's 173 straight wins. That is the streak to me. Like when I was when I was a kid, man, I would go to to uh re- to parties to, to people's birthday parties, and there would be a big cutout of Bill of Goldberg, yeah. and you would stand next to it and pose, <laughs> and it was like you know you I went and watched pay per views with my friends, and it was to to watch Goldberg. And because the guy, he was electric when he came out and sparks flew and then he put, he let the, the smoke kind of come out of his nose. The guy looks awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And in my opinion, I, when it comes to bald headed goatee, black trunks guy, <laughs> Goldberg is so much better than Stone Cold. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so nostalgic driven because if Goldberg wasn't that big and he didn't have the run he had, I probably wouldn't have gotten into wrestling, you know, at all. Yeah. And so it's fully nostalgic for me. So I, I also want to just throw out, I think he has one of the best bodies mm. or, you know, not one of the, the greatest of all time, but like he had a real, he had a, the athletic look, but he was also muscular. He was, he was more muscular than like a Chris Benoit. He was like a little bit bigger, but he was still athletic and looked like a, looked like a man. Yeah. You definitely. know, he wasn't, he wasn't super roided like a big Papa pump or, or, or a, a ultimate warrior. You know, he was fit. Um, it, it also didn't hurt that we grew up in Georgia and mm. uh, I went to the university of Georgia. That's where he went to school and yeah. played football for, and he played football eventually for the Falcons. And so like, Goldberg was huge in the Atlanta area yeah. because of all of that. And in Georgia. And so, um, 
I, I still, I, I, I might punch Scott Hall in the face <laughs> to this day if I ever see him just because he did that fucking cattle prod that ended uh, the streak yeah. and then Kevin Nash won. So fuck you, Scott Hall. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Goldberg, I mean, yeah, he won the WCW uh, heavyweight champ. He won the WWE championship yeah. as well uh, and a tag team championship as well for WCW. So uh, I love Goldberg. Uh, and, I, and I'm unfettered love of Bill Goldberg. Yeah. I think his entrance is awesome. When you would see him coming out of the locker, and it would just like slowly mm-hmm. uh, pan on him, and you could just see him getting psyched out, and you can hear yeah. his music and the crowd going, Goldberg, Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it was intense. It was awesome. And, yeah. and uh, with without Goldberg, I mean, WCW wouldn't yeah. have – there wouldn't be a Monday night – rival at that time like Mm -hmm. he put wcw on his back him hulk hogan but you needed that fresh face and and he was awesome Mm -hmm. the jackhammer beautiful the way you do it the spear he he would jack fools up by just his spear he had yeah he had one of the best spears maybe i think probably probably because of his uh football days but yeah he was awesome Uh, he he's actually still wrestling he wrestled at wrestlemania i wish i don't know why Vince McMahon. Uh, him and him and Brock Lesnar, right? Have had a, had some wrestles. Yeah, a couple recently. years ago, but he just oh, okay, dropped the belt. Who did he drop it to? Oh, to was it? Oh, he was supposed to wrestle Roman Reigns, but oh, okay. uh, Roman Reigns came out because he just uh, got cleared uh, having leukemia yeah. and didn't want to wrestle because he was at yeah. that high risk and he didn't want to get COVID nineteen. Didn't he just beat uh, the fiend? Didn't Goldberg do something with the? Yeah. yeah. So he at Crown Jewel, which is a terrible. <laughs> I we don't have enough time to get into the how bad the Crown Jewel. So it's this. Uh, it's in Saudi Arabia, but basically it's just a show for the Saudi Arabia. It should just be a house show, but for whatever reason, Vince McMahon put the belt on Goldberg after the fiend. Uh, had this like uh, streak, this this winning streak for like two years, and they just randomly mm. put the belt on Goldberg. Goldberg jobbed it to Braun Strowman, but it he needs to retire. I don't know why Vince keeps on. Yeah. He must be giving him like well, so much money for him to to yeah. come back every year. Vince Vince does that. Vince is just he needs to fucking retire. Yeah. Like he he does that shit where you get someone up and coming like the Fiend who's kicking ass and and he should be you know. Um, and then he drops it to an older guy who who should be it's done. Like terrible. he keeps giving fucking Brock and Goldberg and Undertaker all this shit when he needs to be up and coming. A lot of the NXT people, and he doesn't because fuck Vince Man. It, it's Vince McMahon. L- literally everything that WCW was doing to to kill themselves, basically as yeah. as a company. <laughs> he's he's replicating that. And then you got AEW, which is going off the the records with you know mm-hmm. every. Uh, like all all the disgruntled wrestlers that are in the WWE right now, they can't wait to be on AEW because um, that's if you're a wrestler, that's the place you want to be at right now. All right, take us home, Max. Woo! All right, <laughs> man, I get so jacked with adrenaline <laughs> and some weird kind of feelings, butterflies when I talk about the People's Champion, The Rock. Uh-huh. When I say I'm obsessed with The Rock. I am obsessed. Like, I would have his babies if I could. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Being 10 years old and seeing the – like, that that Stone Cold had his injury. Like, it was – The Rock was the guy. And his catchphrases alone. You know, I would call Mm. my um, teachers jabronis because they didn't know what it meant. (laughs) 
I was like, all right, Jabroni. They're like, what'd you call me? I'm like, oh, no, it's a, a, it's a term of endearment. It means I really like mm. you or something, you know? So, like, <laughs> my friends are, like, shaking their heads. They're like, you're an idiot. But um, yeah. I remember in fifth grade, for about two or three months, every time I would walk through a mirror or a reflection, I would always try to get down the people's eyebrow. And I finally yeah. <laughs> got it. And, I, and I'm doing Every, it right now. Uh, yeah. I got it down. Everybody tried that yeah. out of the people's eyebrow. Yeah. So just, I mean, The Rock is so iconic. Anytime I'd walk into a new room or walk into a class in junior high, I was, you know, picturing I was The Rock. I would stand on the, you know, chairs before the teacher got in there and, like, smell what The Rock is cooking. Yeah. He... he what he got a little intense with his tongue yeah. on that mic a couple times. <laughs> Smell, la, 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 la. <laughs> his promos, they're just they're so funny, and and to this day they crack me up. And I love when he would mimic other um, wrestlers. He used to make fun of uh, Undertaker and his Mickey Mouse tattoos. He would uh, make fun of Big Show, and he'd be like, uh, He would make fun of Kane the way he talked. He'd make fun of Stone Cold, and his imitations were just. Oh, man, I could go on and on talking about The Rock. <laughs> uh, WrestleMania yeah. 17 is like, it's considered the best pay-per-view of all time. And it's considered the best match between Stone Cold and The Rock. Um, you saw Stone Cold shaking hands with the devil, shaking hands with Vince McMahon, making this new alliance. And at the time, it blew my mind. I'm like 11 years old, and I'm like, what just happened? You know, I see my hero losing the belt and Stone Cold screws The Rock and joins Vince McMahon. Um, and just the, the promo with Limp Biscuit with My Way, like, that will forever go down as, like, the greatest match and the greatest pay-per-view in my book. Fair. I, mean, that's, I can't dispute that. It's a good, good call. Um, and the only reason Rock didn't make my list uh, is just mainly it's still that the WCW tie yeah, that I sure. that I'm a fan. I mean, I respect a lot of. I respect. Funny that Triple H didn't make anybody's list. <laughs> um, he's the guy is a good. Re- the guy he knows how to leverage himself mm-hmm. so well. I mean, you marry into the family, yep. it's gonna help you. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like the Rock. The Rock was a super fun personality, and I, I can totally see why he's become the star that he is now. And he- He's a totally underrated seller. I mean, he would sell mm. matches, and when Stone Cold would give him a stunner, he would flop around like a dead fish out of water. <laughs> it was great. And the the people's elbow, he would throw the pad into the crowd. Um, I used to I used to love The Rock, and then uh, when he transitioned into movies, that's when I started to really like Rob Van Dam. I was like, who am I left with? Uh, you know, I'm like, yeah. it's, I only have one love in my life right now. That's the <laughs> rock. And he's leaving mm-hmm. me. Who? Uh, all right. I'll get the stoner. Uh, come, <laughs> yeah. come here, Rob Van Dam. I'll, 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 I'll root for you. <laughs> it It is ridiculous how the rock and Dwayne Johnson, whatever he's, his body has gotten more sick and jacked yeah. with like, every year. It's just like, like this guy can't get any bigger. Right. And then he comes out and he's got more muscles. Like, Holy fuck. Cause he was a little doughy his first earlier kind yeah, of years. He was. And then, yeah. And then he gets like more and more cut and just his pecs and arms are just like, Oh my God. <laughs> and he's the highest paid actor in all of Hollywood. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's insane. Oh, all right. That was a fantastic list. Max, we both had a great time 
talking with you. I hope I hope you had a good time talking wrestling with yeah. us. Yeah, and uh, John, may- maybe we should do some uh, watching parties of wrestling. You know, I'll give you a list, man. Just start with this list, yeah. and and maybe you can get twelve next time we do this. I just I just go. enjoyed listening to you two talk about it so passionately. Okay, <laughs> he was literally the fly on the wall in this conversation. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> All right. That's all right. It's not for everybody. Uh, We probably weren't going to be doing this type of episode if it wasn't for a guest. And so, Max, I'm really happy that you did it because some of my fun times that I had with wrestling got to come out as well. Um, You know, please, you know, remind us at all, you know, uh, the projects you've got going on, you know, give any kind of shout outs you want to do. Yeah, I just want to say thanks, guys, for just having me on. I was actually really excited. And I know you like asked me in January uh, to be a part. I was like, yeah. And you're like, oh, it's going to be like closer to May. I'm like, all right, but I've had three months to get this list together. Uh, but our two projects, it's Ready to Retro. Uh, you can find us on Spotify and iTunes and all that good stuff. That's with Chris, my cousin, and Chelsea, our friend. And we talk nostalgic things. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Groundhog's Day because it's the COVID and you know, there's, 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 that's the closest thing we're ever going to experience yeah. <laughs> Groundhog Day is this COVID-19 crap. And then if you like this episode, if you like my list, um, check out Attitude 316 Podcast. It's with myself and my buddy Hayden. We've been friends since third grade, and he's actually introduced me to wrestling. So we have so much history and so much stories of us watching wrestling together Uh we're going to review a pay-per-view every episode um, in the Attitude Era. So it's strictly Attitude Era podcast. And the last thing I'll say is I still stand by John, Missy, Taylor Swift. Great pick. (laughs) Oh, fuck that. Fuck you. Max, that was the worst casting we've ever had on the history of the Black Smart Pass podcast. I liked it. I could see it. It's a smart choice. It's a smart choice. I like it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well you're never coming back how about that max it's you okay. just signed your ticket <laughs> i'm I, I i like john Moore anyway. you're dead to me <laughs> oh. yeah, just kidding i'm Woo. kidding i'm kidding I love you guys. we're done we're through <laughs> you're a jabroni get the fuck out of here <laughs> all right i'm out <laughs> right. please join us next time as adam and i go out of this world as we break down the 1988 film Mac and Me, discuss the 80s television show ALF, and cast our versions of the West Coast Avengers Marvel comic book team. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la.